All right. Make sure you've got those message notes out. I have a daunting task to go quickly through our Vision 2020 message today. Uh, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to have you in a little bit in Malachi chapter 3. Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament, so you may want to turn there, take out those message notes. Kids as well, grab a pen or pencil, jot down those notes, fill in those blanks. Are you happy adults to have the kids with us in service today? Good to have those kids with us. But uh, it was just about nine months ago that I and the elders stood before you here in this very room and shared with you some things that were going well at First Christian Church. We shared with you that our children's and youth ministries were doing some good ministry. We shared with you that our Sunday morning worship services were going well. We were worshiping the Lord and bringing some people to Christ. Uh, we shared with you that we were uh, doing the food pantry on Tuesdays. Our prayer ministries on Mondays were going well. We had these occasional outreaches like our backpack giveaway that were going pretty well. But we were honest with you nine months ago that we were also struggling a bit as a church. We saw that in some ways we were definitely on a downward trajectory. We shared with you that our baptisms were down about 50% compared to the prior year. Our attendance was down about 15%. And our offerings were down about 25%. And so even though we were doing some good ministry here in this building on George Boulevard, we couldn't just sit back and do nothing. And so we shared with you that after much discussion and prayer, we believe God was giving us an exciting opportunity to do what we've been dreaming of doing since 2015. Since 2015, we had dreamed of being able to sell this building and move to a more central location so that we could have a greater impact on our Victor Valley for Jesus Christ. We shared with you last year that God had opened the opportunity for this new school that was being built at this great location, basically on the corner of Mojave and Elevado. As all of you know, we shared with you the Ralph Baker School as an opportunity that had been given to us to meet in a great location in a new facility. And then we shared with you that God had laid on our hearts to go to that school and launch Impact Christian Church, where we would have a greater impact on this valley for Jesus Christ. Here in this building, and some of you even coming in today, you say, wow, this is a great building, plenty of elbow room, and a, a children's wing, and an office wing. It's a great building. But unfortunately, we were never able to find enough flatbed trucks and cranes to pick it up and move it to a decent location. And so since we were never able to do that, we knew God was moving us to where the people were, to where the ministry was taking place. And I was so excited to see that in the weeks that followed that presentation nine months ago, 86% of our congregation voted in support of saying, yes, let's move, let's change the name to Impact Christian Church, and let's do ministry better than ever. And so the next three and a half months were crazy busy as we were making preparations to go from this building to be a mobile church setting up and breaking down in a school every single Sunday, reaching into the neighborhoods like never before, doing better and uh, ministry for Christ. And so it was a busy three and a half months. But praise God, on October 6, 2019, we had our grand opening and ribbon cutting there at the Ralph Baker School. The turnout was great that day, and I wanted to today take a quick look at what has taken place in the past five months since we've had that grand opening at that Ralph Baker School. The last five months since we've launched Impact Christian Church, how has it gone in these past five months? And I want you to be the judge. Let me just share with you a few of the things that have taken place in the past five months. First of all, we've celebrated in these five months 14 baptisms. Praise God. 14 baptisms. In five months, we had 14 baptisms. That's more than double, almost triple, 
the amount of baptisms that we had in the first nine months of being in this building in 2019. Over the last five months, we've received 26 new members to impact, and we're pretty excited about it. And we had 26 members in five months. The first nine months of 2019, we had a whopping one new member. Our attendance has averaged 157. We're certainly not setting any uh, attendance records, but at the same time, you compare that to the first nine months of 2019 here, our average attendance here was 131. So we've seen this, this very noticeable increase in attendance. Our number of first-time visitors has been through the roof. Any guesses how many first-time visitors not have just been in the building, but those that have registered their attendance with us in the last five months? Any guesses? This one surprised me. 122 first-time visitors have registered their attendance with us in the last five months, which means we had a lot more than that because some people are shy and don't fill out the card. 122. Almost 20 of those were just in the past two Sundays. And so praise God that all the visitors have been coming in, and as we know, many of those visitors have stuck. Some of you even made your way out here today. Raise your hand real quickly if you started attending Impact in the last five months. Praise God. I know we've got a bunch of you in the room. Praise God for you guys. Our offerings over the last five months have increased, not a lot, but modestly, averaging around 13600 per month. Our number of first-time visitors, I mentioned, has increased quite a bit. Uh, this is the number I'm excited about. Our impact groups that we just launched a month and a half ago, we are averaging 51 adults and teens in our five impact groups. And so that's awesome. If someone could help with some chairs in back, that would be great. We've got a family that just got here, so someone help with some chairs. Thank you, Frank. And so 51 adults and teens, that's awesome for the new launching of our impact groups. Our number of Sunday morning volunteers has almost doubled. We've already done three community cleanup days, reached hundreds of homes with flyers. We've dramatically increased our social media presence, participated in two events at the fairgrounds. So the question, are we making a greater impact? Yeah. And the answer is, jot it down, yes, we are. Praise God for that, amen? Amen. So, what do we expect to come in the upcoming months? We wanted to touch on that as well this morning. Uh, how are we going to move forward from this point? What are we going to do in these upcoming months? What opportunities uh, will be on the horizon? And so, first of all, coming up in just four Sundays is Easter Sunday. We're excited about that. That's Sunday, April 12th. Uh, we've set this goal to reach 10,000 homes for Christ. We have a little wrench in the works, a little something we call coronavirus. In all likelihood, uh, we will be away from that uh, Ralph Baker campus for at least three Sundays. We hope to be back in there at least by the first Sunday in April, which is Palm Sunday, but it's not guaranteed. But if all goes well, we hope to reach 10,000 people and invite them to join us for Easter this year. Uh, coming up this Sunday after Easter will be our family fun day. We want to have something fun the week right after Easter, something exciting and fun that we can invite families back to if they visited with us on Easter. So our family fun day is going to be great. We've already reserved the Kona ice truck to come join us again after the service. We plan on having a picnic with some old-fashioned family games, three-legged races, potato sacks, all that good stuff. And so we're looking forward to a fun day that Sunday after Easter. 
Uh, coming up this summer, we've got some exciting things starting uh, even just before the summer. National Day of Prayer, the first Thursday in May on May 7th. Once again, we'll be heading up the prayer effort right in front of Atalanto City Hall. So we're excited about that. Hope you can join us on May 7th for that day of prayer. We've got our teams going out uh, for their youth mission trip in June. In July, we plan on taking part in the biggest backpack outreach we've ever done. We're looking at reaching 3,500 low-income kids with backpacks and school supplies and even clothes this year. This year, we're partnering with the San Bernardino County Superintendent of Schools. And so partnering together, we can't even fit in this building. So we're going to go over to the fairgrounds to do a distribution there on Thursday, July 23rd. And the plan at this point is the next day, on Friday the 24th, to drive with a mobile outreach all the way to Trona, because after the earthquakes, those kids have been hit hard, and we want to get 300 backpacks to every kid from preschool through high school in Trona. And so it's going to be a great outreach where churches and businesses and nonprofits are working together. Uh, we're going to have on October 4th our one-year anniversary celebration as Impact Christian Church. That's October 4th. We're looking forward to that. Uh, one more thing I didn't mention, Ignite High Desert. Patrick uh, is working on that. It's basically the week leading up to July 4th that many churches are coming together to try to reach every home in the Victor Valley and then coming together on July 4th at the fairgrounds. It's going to be great. Uh, one other goal that we've uh, really had in mind for us is uh, is this, as I mentioned, one-year anniversary celebration coming up in October. But also we've shared with you some, some milestone goals and some goals for the whole year that we wanted to put before you again today. I've mentioned to you several times that I'd like you to be praying every single day for 50 salvations in 2020. We want to lead 50 people to the Lord this year. We want to see 50 people get baptized. Amen? And I hope you're praying every day with me for 50 salvations and 50 baptisms in 2020. So far, we've had three. So three down, 47 to go. Amen? Can we do it? By God's grace, absolutely. The staff and I are hoping and praying for 50 new members this year as well. We want to see by the end of the year our attendance be around 190. Right now we're in the 150s, so that's about a 20% increase in attendance. As we're working together and carrying out these outreaches and these missions that God has given us to do, we're confident that we can do this working together. Uh, we want to see that impact group attendance grow to at least 60. Right now, as I mentioned, we've got about 51 coming each week. But those impact groups are so important. It's a way for us to grow in our faith and learn God's word better than ever. So we encourage more of you to take part in our five impact groups each week. We want to see that grow this year. Uh, Patrick has set a goal to see 60 teens coming on average to this building on Friday nights for Friday Night Youth. That's a big goal that Patrick set, but he's going to do his best to work with our youth to reach more teenagers for Christ. And then one last goal, our monthly worship offering. We've set a goal to hit a worship offering of $17,900 every month. Now, why have we set that as a goal? Because that would cover... 100% of our expenses every month. As you've heard in the last few minutes, ministry at Impact is more fruitful than we've had in a long, long time as a church. But at the same time, doing ministry in a more central location is a more expensive way to do ministry. And so our actual expenses each month, about 17900 is what is needed from the worship offering. Our offerings right now are about 13600 
So we're looking to have a $4,000 increase in our offering this year. Right now, as we mentioned to you nine months ago, in order to do ministry in the school, to be able to do a greater job of impacting our community for Christ, we were going to dip into savings for our startup costs. And that's what we've been doing. We've been dipping into savings to the tune of about $4,000 a month. And so we can do this, theoretically, for two or three more years, because we have a nice savings account. But what we don't want to have happen is use up all our savings because we want that savings to sit there in the bank drawing interest. Because as you come in here today, some of you have begun to think, you know what? It is kind of nice having a church building, right? It is kind of nice. And so we believe that God has us in that school for this season of ministry. So we can grow, so we can reach more people, and we can get to the point where we can buy that next building, where we can purchase that next piece of property, and not here in a ghost town, but in the center of town, where we can do greater ministry. So we are excited to see this growth take place. And we don't want to just, you know, plow through all the savings. We want to be able to keep it there so we have a down payment and God grows us to a point and opens up a wonderful opportunity for us to be in a location. Some of you have mentioned that dirt lot across from the school where we meet. I've thought about the exact same thing. Wouldn't it be awesome? To be at that key intersection of Mojave and Elevado, right across from that school that more than 700 kids go to Monday through Friday when there's not a virus outbreak. Wouldn't it be great to be in a great location like that? And so it is certainly possible. And so we've set this goal. Many of you are regular givers here at Impact. And I want to say thank you so much. Those of you who give every month and support the work of Impact Christian Church. A verse that came to mind this last week was where Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We want all of you who call Impact Christian Church your church home to give every single month. Because we know as you give to the work of the church, it's more likely your heart will be in the center of the work of the church. As you give to the ministry, your heart will be in the center of the ministry. We want your hearts with us as we're making a greater difference in this Victor Valley for Jesus Christ. As we're loving and learning and serving together. We want your hearts here with us. Matthew 10, 8, Jesus says, freely you have received, freely give. As we follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ, you know that no one can outgive Jesus. You know that Jesus is the most generous person in the universe. We can't ever outgive God. So as we follow in Jesus' footsteps, as he is generous, we aim to be generous. 1 Corinthians 9, 6, Paul writes, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. In Proverbs eleven twenty five, we read, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will himself be refreshed. As I've read God's Word, I've probably seen what many of you have seen. The generous givers in the pages of Scripture, both Old and New Testament, the generous givers tend to give in two different ways. Uh, The first way we see generous givers in the Bible give is occasionally, periodically, generous givers give 100% of something. Jot that down in that blank on your handout. We see this with generous givers in Scripture. At times they'll give 100%. Of something. We see this in, uh, with the widow of Zarephath in 1 Kings chapter 17. God sends the prophet Elijah to this podunk little town of Zarephath. And he says, you meet a widow there, she'll take care of you. He meets this widow picking up sticks. He says, hey, I'm hungry. Can you give me a loaf of bread? She says, I don't have any bread. I only have a little bit of flour and oil left in my house. I was gathering these sticks to make a fire and go home and have one last meal for me and my son before we starve to death. 
Because we've got no food. And Elijah basically says, that's nice, but make me a roll first. And so she says, okay. She basically gives Elijah her last meal. And what does God do? He provides every meal she and her son needs for the next few months until the famine ends. We see this with the widow at the temple in Mark 12. Jesus and his disciples were there at the temple in Jerusalem watching people as they put their money into the offering box. And Jesus said to his disciples, I want you to watch this because the rich guys were putting in big buco bucks there. And then all of a sudden this little poor widow comes and puts in a few small copper coins and it's probably worth a penny or two. And Jesus says, did you see what just happened there? She gave more than everyone else because she gave everything. She gave every bit of money she had. She gave 100% of something. Finally, Barnabas in Acts 4, we see is in the early years of the church, he sold a field and gave 100% of the proceeds to the work of ministry there in Jerusalem. These days, we found a lot of examples over the years. Some people will have a garage sale, and, and they take all the proceeds from the garage sale, and they give it to a ministry that God puts on their heart. So some people will sell an item on Craigslist and, and give 100% of that money that they get from that item to the church where they go and where they serve. We've seen in the past five or six years, three families in this church, when they found out that there was a low-income family in this church that had a need for a vehicle, I know myself of three families who have given one of their cars to a lower-income family in this church that had a need. We have some very generous people in this church. And if you're one of those who is an unsung hero, I don't know what anyone gives in this church. I don't have access to giving records. But I know we have generous givers in this church. If you're one of them, I just want to say thank you for what you do. And I encourage all of us, every once in a while, give God and His work 100% of something. Now, the most common way that generous givers in Scripture give is something they do every single month. They give God 10%. Of everything. Go ahead and write that down. They give God 10% of everything. The Bible calls this a tithe. From a young age, my mom taught me to give God one dime out of every dollar. And I've done that just about all my life. And as a father, I've taught my girls from a young age, give God one dime out of every dollar. Give God one dollar out of every ten dollars. Give God a hundred dollars out of every thousand dollars. You just move the decimal point over one space to find out what a tithe is. Just give God one dime out of every dollar. And so I've taught my girls this, and I know that over the last, oh, 22 almost years that Christine and I have been married, we've practiced this consistently, and God has been so faithful. In 2 Chronicles 31, verse 5, the Israelites, it says, gave God their first fruits, 10%, a tithe of their grain, their new wine, their oil, their honey. And it says all that their fields produced, they gave God 10% of it. Abram, in Genesis chapter 14, when Melchizedek, the priest, blessed him, it says that Abram gave him a tenth of everything. And then I had to turn earlier to Malachi chapter 3. I want you to go ahead and look at that in your Bibles right now. Malachi chapter 3, starting in verse 6. As a, a teenager, when I first discovered this passage, it slapped me upside the head. And I've never forgotten. Last book of the Old Testament, second to last chapter in the Old Testament. This is what God says, starting in Malachi 3, verse 6. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your forefathers, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. 
You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. Some Christians naturally ask the question, it talks about a curse here. Dane, are you saying that as a New Testament Christian, God is going to curse me if I don't tithe 10%? And the answer is... Some of you aren't quite sure. (laughs) The answer is no. In Romans 8 verse 1 it says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so the curse does not apply to those washed in the blood of the Lamb. But you know what? The blessing still does apply. Isn't that great? This is the only time in the Bible where God says, Test me. I dare you to. Test me. Put me to the test. Give me 10% and see what happens. I'll never forget Rosalie, a sweet little old lady who used to go to this church. She and her husband, after they retired, lived in a little uh, mobile home that was on a permanent foundation on the far back side of Atalanto. And this little place they lived in, when she could get a ride, she would come to church on Sundays. Her husband, in his last few years before he died, he went blind. And their income was so low, some nights they would eat beans out of a can for dinner. And so this was a low-income couple. Her husband passes away a year or so afterwards. She tells me she's going to move to Arizona to be closer to family. And she sells her little mobile home on that permanent foundation. And she asked me to come over to her place one day. And I went over there, and she began to write a check. She sold her place for $50,000, and she wanted to write a check to the church for $5,000. And I said, Rosalie, you sure you want to do that? I know your story. You've beaten out of beans out of can. You should, you're going to have moving expenses. You're going to have new expenses where you are. And she looked at me and said, I will not rob God. Amen. Amen. Blew me away. And this sweet little widow wrote a check for $5,000 with her trembling hand. She wanted me to write the check because she couldn't write too well with her hand shaking. I said, I can't do that. you got to write the check, Rosie. And so she wrote that check and blessed the church with that. What a wonderful example. Christine and I have been married now for almost 22 years, as I mentioned. And we have taken God up on his challenge. Over the 22 years of our marriage, every single month we have tithed. And it didn't matter if we had a household of two with two full-time 